on the poker show tonight. There's a fire in the tricket. Biffer says brutal. Halabala. And the Hit Squad show why they are the men. Welcome to the Poker Show. Here's some highlights from tonight's show. Obviously. <laughs> Liam Flood has forgotten more about poker than Luke Schwartz ever knew. Unfortunately, he's also forgotten where he lives. So. I think we just matured a little bit. I uh, <laughs> grew up, yeah. and uh, some of the stories that were up there were kind of uh, embarrassing to some of the parties involved, you know, as they got older got serious girlfriends. So uh, we needed to remove all evidence of that on the Internet. <laughs> Wow, I've seen I've Is seen John Duffy do this a few times yeah, actually. Yeah. Um, with when he's uh, got big chips against another chip leader and he's got Ace King off suit. I've seen him. Well, uh, Patrick looks like the Terminator. He might kill me. <laughs> like, I don't think he's going to be bet folding this flop. He can't just shop. Well, this uh, no, I don't think he can shop. But um, Duffy cannot shove. Well, he's no, he's, he's got seven hundred thousand chips. He's got too many chips, but. Honestly, oh, so <laughs> I've never felt so like physically. Just because I did the interview with Toby Lewis yeah. yesterday. Back on. Congratulations. Was there anybody tough at your final table? He said, No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said that Sam Trick is a bit spewy. <laughs> Ivy folded, Durr folded. Ah, here comes in, Tony. Everybody's put it in. Oh, he's gone all in. Yeah. Uh, he's put 500 into 200. And now he's. No, he's <laughs> he says, I know you were check raising me. <laughs> instincts are really sharp. I think there's a microphone attached to my larynx. It's been full on, nonstop. Last night, a typical day, uh, wrap up things around midnight or 1 a.m. By the time you get home, get to bed, uh, now it's 2, back up, what is it, 7 o'clock, back over there for for, for 10 o'clock. It's like a 24-hour on, but that's that's what filming a poker tournament is like when we do these things. And this World Open Six, which are filming now over the Palm Beach Casino, has is actually, you know, during your waking hours, it's a whole lot of fun. Um, my voice is gone. Sexton's voice is gone. He's such a pro. But uh, let me describe the scene to you last night at the Palm Beach Casino because these things really pick up. You know, we used to film poker in studios, and honestly, it was no fun. The life was gone. But now. You know, 11 o'clock, there's a, a table right in the middle of Palm Beach Casino with the, the cameras all around. Phil Locke's got the entire crowd going. He's got his red mohawk. He's got his new red sunglasses, his broken arm. He he Honestly, he looks like Jack Aram. Now, if you don't know who Jack Aram is, you, you should find out. That's who Phil Locke looks like. But he, uh, Sorrell po- posturized, and I think he's right. I absolutely think he's right that this accident it was like that john travolta movie phenomenon where there's some sort of weird brain damage that has caused phil Locke and has turned him in sorrell's word into a super uber genius and if you saw phil Locke playing poker last night you'll know what we mean he was like he was like weirdly psychic I've never, and I've been watching Phil Locke a long time play poker. So is Sorrell. I have never, ever seen him like this. You should have seen the bluff. He pulled on Huck Seed. Huck Seed, who, 
you know, he's great to watch. I mean, Huxley is awesome to watch, but he was, he's so big, you know, he's like, what is he, like nine feet tall or something? Uh, he, he broke three glasses. Every time he got up from his chair, uh, he broke another glass, and then the guy would come over and clean it up, and he'd stand up and break another one. Chips were everywhere. Uh, John Tabat Tabai was all over the place. John Tabat Tabai was all over the place. He was ha- having fun. There was, uh, it was just a, the Heather, Heather Sue Mercer was there in the middle of the whole thing. She had a, a big bag. Apparently, she's a cookie maker. Do you know this this woman? She makes cookies in New York. She was giving cookies to everybody. So the whole thing was just it was just mayhem. Um, see, I can't even talk anymore. I mean, I cannot even talk about. Anyway, great show tonight. We got a. You know, Sam Trickett, who's been on fire. Uh, Andrew Robel from the Halabalas. He's talking to Viffer. And then, you know, kind of this one heat I did, uh, or we did, which was just a lot of fun. Talking to all the players in it. Uh, Liam and Barney Boatman and John Duffy and John Ames, who you find out about later. And then in the box, doing their first time ever doing commentary for a poker show, Praz Banzi and James Akinhead. Now, in my mind, these are two of the smartest guys walking when it comes to talking about poker. You just want it. They're like, you just want to hear what they have to say. You know, Akinhead, uh, November Niner, uh, one of, got a second for a bracelet a couple of years ago, uh, Poker Million champion uh, this this past year, uh, final table WSOPE. Pras Banzi's got two bracelets. Uh, he was third in the WSOPE, <clears throat> excuse me, main event last year. Um, and, you know, these they guys are part of the hit squad. Them and Carl Marinholtz, Sonny Chatter, and they just really talk poker. They're so smart. So uh, it was their first, they were a little bit nervous. But we had so much fun in the box. And, you know, you do like five hours uh, straight talking in there. And may, maybe half hour of it, you know, gets on the TV. So there was some really fascinating stuff that they were talking about. I was just sitting there open mouth, just really having a great time listening to them uh, talk about poker. But there was some great stuff. So, you know, I decided we'll record it. And, uh, yeah, I didn't have enough content for the show. But anyway, no, it was great stuff. So we got some great stuff coming up here. We'll be right back. You're going to like this. Hi, I'm Roland DeWolf, Triple Crown winner, and this is The Poker Show with Mickey Dane. I mean, Jesse May. Hey, Jesse, it's Kim Lansing here. If you don't have a Party Poker account, sign up today using the bonus code POKERSHOW, and we'll match your first deposit up to $500. That's $400 more than normal, but you have to use the bonus code POKERSHOW. Already got a Party Poker account? We've got something for you, too, an exclusive reload bonus. Redeposit using the bonus code POKERSHOW50, and we'll match your deposit up to $50. Sam Trickett. They say he's the biggest casher from Britain at the World Series this year. There were five bracelets. This guy ran over everybody. He's been really hot. Was a big chip leader at the final table, and I caught up with him as he was coming into uh, to play at the Palm Beach, playing the World Open Six. He actually destroyed him. You know, I I saw Sam Trickett play. I've been watching him play. He played in the World Open last year. Saw him play on the cash game, forty hour, and he's a different man right now. You know, it's it's only been six months, a year. He is a completely different man, a different player. And it just goes to show you what, you know, the little form, and then things start to click. And things have clicked for Sam Trickett 
he's he's nothing short of awesome. The guy is in the zone. You wouldn't want to mess with this guy in poker terms. You wouldn't want to meet with him in a dark alley. Anyway, I talked with him before he went on the World Open table. He destroyed him, by the way, before he went on the World Open table. And it was quite funny because what we were talking about was he had just gotten back from the EPT Villamore, where he was big chip leader going into the final table, but had a series of, uh, well, bad beats. Ended up only getting fourth. But anyway, just talk with him a little bit about stuff. Here's Sam Trickett. So this is in Villamore, Sam Trickett. Yeah, and you were, and I went to the, chip, the final table as like chip leader, joint chip leader with Toby. Yeah. And then I, th- I played really well in the final. I won like nearly every pot, but then every time I got all in, I lost. Ace-8 <laughs> versus King-7. Both uh, clubs. All four clubs. Yeah. Uh, then, I lose, then I ran queens into kings, jacks into queens. This There's two other all-ins. I had ace-3 of diamonds versus king-jack, and he rivered a jack. Uh, I had uh, jacks versus queen-jack. Um, That's a bad. For five and a half million chips, that was five and a half million chips. Get it all in with Queen Jack. I was playing like every single pot, <laughs> and then I re-raised the button, and he four better yet enough. And uh, cool. how many of these were against Toby? No, none of these. Oh, right. um, against short stacks, I had Ace King versus Ace Two. Yeah, two. Um, <laughs> Obviously, I had. Uh, I raised with 10-5, he come 10-10-4, he had pocket fours. Um, I, this was, like, insane. There was a couple more as well. There was... Uh, you was must qu- have done something really bad. versus sevens, and then there was deuces versus queen jack. I lost every single one. God, hate <laughs> no, 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 What place did you come? Fourth. Probably the greatest fourth in the history. It was like, yeah. I'd build a bit of audience going to lose it. I was like, that is seven plus. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I was, I've never felt so like physically. Because I did the interview with Toby Lewis yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Back on. Congratulations. Like, was there anybody tough at your final table? He said, No, not really. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> he said that Sam Trigger's a bit spewy. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I He's listened. It was retarded. Like, I've never seen a. Um, <laughs> that's the worst I've run off. <laughs> this is the worst anyone's that's ever run in a final. That was wow. ridiculous. So, yeah, so you lost all those. You still got about 100k or something. 150. Oh, yeah. I was winning every pot. I got so many, so many. Uh, uh, because you know, these days it's all about the second bracelet. I mean, the first, you know, the second yeah, title. Yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, don't go on about it. <laughs> <laughs> <Christ's sake>. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Sam, though, second is where it's at. It's <laughs> at. Marvellous. How are you, Mr. Fraser? Hey, well, I got you here. How many tournaments are you, are you playing this this month? Yeah, I've played everything. Yeah, I've had a good year, like, massive yeah, year, really. Yeah, so I'm just going to press and play everything while I'm playing well. Stuff. World Series of Poker Europe, EPT, everything, yeah. the last. Like, everything going when I'm free. Yeah, that's great. Just play everything. Just hopefully, like, tie and put him in a lot of it. So. You're pretty pumped up. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. You got Looking forward to it. Come on, you got me. All right. I just want to try and win the title now. I don't know how I didn't win that EPT. Everyone said I played really well. It was a tough field as well, right? I mean, they all are, yeah. I just ran aces into kings into aces as well, with two tables left. I just had a really. I was running good in other pots. Fair a lot, and I mean, I bluffed it, got through, and stuff like that. But then every time I got it all in pre flop, I lost seven out of seven, and I was ahead every single time. I was just joking about Toby Lewis. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he came over here to write the LJ Cody, both of those guys. Unbelievable. How English are just like smashing everything. 
in it, aren't they, really? Yeah, the series and everything. I mean, that Jake Cody is very impressive. some real class players now. Hello, I'm Black Belt Poker's Neil Channing, and you're listening to The Poker Show with Jesse May. Marvellous. Hi, this is Jennifer Haley. Please enter your email address at www.thepokershowlive.com and get the show delivered twice a week. Then Andrew Robel. Now, I've never met Andrew Robel before. The first I saw him was, well, he was doing very well on on the World Open. Um, the way they do this World Open, we'll play like about one and a half heats a day. You know, these heats of eight, winner goes to final table. But if you don't finish a heat, maybe they get down to five, maybe get down to four, kind of halfway through it at night. The guys come back the next day. So I caught up to this Andrew Roll. Now, the day before, he had uh, he had knocked out Tom Dwan. And um, Tom Dwan was trying. Tom Dwan was playing great. And him and Andrew Rowe managed to get it all in before the flop with the Dwan having the kings and Andrew had the ace queen. It was fine. It was fine. And uh, he took, all, obviously, all of Tom's chips. So there were three left going into day two. I, I, I caught Andrew at the bar. I wanted to ask him, you know, apparently, he, he's good to see you. That's his, uh, his big screen. And this guy is known as a massive cash player. Uh, he's very good. And I just wanted to ask him about things. He was one of the ship at Halabalas the, the night before. Um, you know, he was him and Dwan were, you know, they were drinking a little whiskey, a little Red Bull. The, this Palm Beach really... It gets lively. And towards the end of this, you'll hear who comes in. I'm here with Andrew Robles. Good to see you. That's your. That, that's what people know you at, as. But someone told me that you're involved with this website, Ship at Hol- the Halabalas. Um, yes, I used to be involved with the Ship at Halabalas. Uh, the group kind of disformed uh, three years ago. But um, when I was younger, me and all of my friends would travel the tournament circuit, play the EPTs. And uh, we like to party a little bit, and I vlogged about it on my website. I remember that website. It used yeah. to be like pictures and stuff like that. What what happened? Um, I think we just matured a little bit. I <laughs> grew up, yeah. and uh, some of the stories that were up there were kind of uh, embarrassing to some of the parties involved. You know, as I got older, got serious girlfriends, so uh, we needed to remove all evidence of that on the internet. <laughs> so, what is what is life for you? Are you still a baller? Are you taking poker a little more seriously now? Well, uh, I've always taken poker very seriously um you know without poker i wouldn't be able to live the lifestyle that i live but um i still like to go out and party you know have a have a few drinks maybe uh more than a few but at the same time uh just not doing as crazy of things you know i used to uh in my in my youth and over here in london are you here for you here for the whole month basically yeah i got here on i think like august 27th and i'm gonna stay through october 4th it's a great month for poker in england uh basically non-stop tournaments i think you can play like two hundred thousand dollars worth of tournaments in the month so yeah i mean what do you think about that is that is that that's cool that there's that there's a las vegas month and that it's now this is the stop yeah. on the tour i mean it's very nice like uh that there's a lot of tournaments you know you can play in one place you don't have to travel all around you can come here and just play poker all month and uh okay david biffer pete what's up biffer i heard you got all the chips i i have half of the chips half the chips yeah so uh good chip What's going on, Mike? How's the format? Uh, it's, it's okay. It's all right? Yeah. Too slow for you, really. <laughs> no, I mean, you start with 150 big blinds, but uh, and then they double, like, every 20 hands. So it's it's okay. 
Yeah. Not a silk fest anyway. Yeah. I think you're in Luke Schwartz's heat. Huh? You're, you know, you know Luke Schwartz. Yeah. I think he's yeah, I think you guys are playing together later. Yeah, it'll be fun. How long are you over for, Viffer? A long time. So last Viffer, I said to him because he was we were talking about the cash game. Uh, there's a million dollar cash game going on right now. While things are going on the Palm Beach, yeah, Duran Crew are, and Ivy and everyone are gambling up. I said, well. If you had, he said, I'm not playing that million-dollar cash game. Look at the lineup. I said, well, if you had to play one guy between Durr, Ivy, and Antonius, you have to pick one, who would it be? And Viffer said, I guess Ivy. I've just never played him, and the other two scare me. <laughs> Ivy, Ivy seems human, or what? I mean, no, but I'm just saying, if you got to pick one out of the three. It's like, what the hell? Go, go with the unknown over the sure right? dog. Right? The sure knows well enough, no. can't, don't want to mess with him. Uh, well, Patrick looks like the Terminator, he might kill me. Like, yeah, go with the guy that's never lost a bet in his life. Yeah, sooner or later, it's kind of crap. Like, the guy from Pulto came up. To me yesterday, and he's like, Do you want to play the million? And I was like, Yeah, sure, what's the lineup? And he shows me the lineup, and I'm like, Oh, maybe, maybe I don't want to play. I mean, it's I think they're playing too big there for that game. I mean, if they want to, if they want to make it a better game, they want people to play. They should. What are they playing? 500 a thousand? I, I think it's bigger. Oh, no, yeah, maybe it's, it's a 4 8. No, I think, I think they're playing, they must be playing 2 4. It's 100k buy in, or yeah, I don't know. But it's like here. All right. <laughs> Ivy folded. Durr folded. Ah, here comes Antonius. <laughs> 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 oh, Antonius folded. Well, that? I mean, what the fuck? Ooh. It's like kind of brutal. It's like... <laughs> Yo, Phil Helmuth, 11-time world champion of poker, bragging again. You're here listening to The Poker Show with Jesse May. Hey, guys, it's Kara Scott here. Enter your email address at thepokershowlive.com and get the show delivered twice a week. Usually, if I'm there in the morning and one of the eight-handed heats are about to start, you know, the players kind of filter in, you know, around 10 a.m. to the Palm Beach Casino. It's kind of quiet there, 10 a.m. There's the lady with the vacuum cleaner and guy fixing the slot machines uh, people coffee and eggs and the all night of course 24 hours the guys you know how it is in the casino the gamblers have been there all night but uh, so uh, i got to talk to a couple there's eight players it was gonna be an exciting heat and the first guy i ran into is this uh, young british young gun they're all young they're all british young guns they're all internet pros john ames he, he runs around with the toby lewis sam trickett jake cody crowd and it was be the first time on TV. Here's John Ames. Well, I'm here with John Ames now. John, you're playing uh, this year. Is this your first time playing in a televised poker heat? Yep. And uh, you're running around. I mean, the, a lot of the guys you run around with has had phenomenal success lately. You know, the Trickets and the Jake Cody's and the Toby Lewis. Do they get on you for not having the big result yet? Uh, no, I'm really happy for them to win. I definitely feel like I'm lagging behind, though, so I need to catch up, definitely. Well, what is it about this this group of the young British players? I mean, you guys just talk poker all the time, or what? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to much poker, actually, when we hang around, like, when we're not playing poker, but... I don't know, they're all really good players, it's just a lot of luck has combined at the same time and they've had their run good at the right time. But when you guys are hanging out, I mean, there is a feeling right now that 
this group of young British players is kind of just taking over the poker world. These last twelve months have been. Yeah, we've got we've got a group of players that we've never had anything like before. Um, we've always had some trick it for the last couple of years, and then we've got Jake, this who I played with him all last year in tournaments and went to tournaments with him and he just didn't do anything and it just wasn't really his fault he just you know, nothing happened for him and then he made a breakthrough and then he's just got loads of confidence and won a WPT as well as an EPT now yeah and I mean I watched that WPT final table I, I thought he was just ridiculously awesome is he have, have you guys regarded him that highly for a while yeah yeah he is definitely really good he's he did well online last year I think he won an F-top no he got second in an F-top sorry um, and Toby Lewis is another person who's just been crushing online and uh, he does run the best though like by a long way who? Toby Lewis yeah. everyone just says he just runs ridiculously good. <laughs> he's he just does. a luck box huh? yeah, no he, he deserves it he's a really good player as well John could I so, give you that to, to just yeah. a contract of what's going on and if you would like to sign the, the last sheet there yeah, yeah, sure. right. <laughs> obviously when you guys are coming up you know you, you looked at sort of like the old school of British poker you know maybe the Ranvas Swannies and the devil fishing guys but when you look at guys like James Aikenhead and Prowse Bonzi are they almost like old school now are they kind of like the older generation for you guys now or are they no they're in the same they're in the we consider them the same kind of group of us as like kind of new breed of poker players but they've got like two or three years in us I guess a couple so. of years and a couple more titles yeah so it's just I definitely like consider them in the same like young player group and they've both got online backgrounds as well so could you put together a group of five British players if there was a British team right now that you could pick to take on the world um, Praz and James would have to be in it. Um, probably Jake, possibly Toby. There'd be like five or six others that I'd have to pick. Matt Perrins, Flushy, Chris Mormon, I guess. You know, just, although he doesn't. It's pretty sick, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. We've got so many good players. I mean, a couple of years ago, everyone was talking about the Swedes. What's happened to them? You know? Yeah, there's not too many Scandinavian players that are consistently breaking through all the time. I mean, obviously, we've got some really big names, but. Um, too many more of them at the moment. Have you had any advice from these guys about how to get through? Obviously, uh, Sam Trickett already into the World Open final. Did they just tell you to run good or what? In this heat? Um, yeah. I guess I'll just play it like a normal single online. I've not played that many of those, but I know how to play them, hopefully, so it should be fine. Have you played with any of these guys before? It's a pretty tough heat. I've played with all of them except, I think, Full Flush and John Duffy. Yeah, I've played with Annette once or twice. And, oh, I've not played with Barney, but I've spoken to him quite a lot and stuff. So Between, like, Luke, Annette, Maybe Viffer. Who would you say is going to be the most aggressive? Uh, depends on what. I don't. It's hard to say. Viffer. I know his cash game style is extremely loose, but I don't know how that translates to tournaments. And and uh, although uh, she's aggressive, but she's also smart, so she's not just going to be reckless. I really, I really don't know. Liam Flood is a lot more aggressive than he looks. Yeah, I'm with you actually. I think, I think <laughs> Liam is probably him, actually. Liam Flood. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> All right. Good luck, Joe. Too smooth a shift. Then, of course, the gentleman Liam Flood came into town. Now, if you don't know who Liam is. I, I guess you don't watch much European poker. He, he is, he kind of, he started televised poker in Europe and has, has made it. You know, he was a, the final tablist on the very first series of late night poker. Uh, 
three Poker Million final tables. He used to be the tournament director for Poker Million. Uh, he was uh, second place in the first World Open. He won a European Open. The guy is... He is a, a one-table special. He's had some results in multi-tables, but, you know, I've got my own opinion. And my opinion is that uh, Liam does not, he's not the best river player in the world. He's not the best, okay, he's not the best turn player in the world. In fact, he is completely hopeless at any decision that doesn't involve going all in on the flop. However, he has the strongest right arm is great pre-flop, and in these one tables, when the blinds get big, he's not just good, he's great. I, I, think, I think he's sometimes better than these internet math whiz kids because he's got more heart. But uh, So he was going to be in there, and uh, I love talking to Liam. And uh, <laughs> here's what Liam had to say. Liam. It's the okay. gentleman Liam Flood. What's for lunch? Ah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Gee, young dapper. internet qualifiers, nice. Liam. You. Young internet qualifiers. They were on the menu. Yes. <laughs> yeah. British young guns. <laughs> Bring him <laughs> on. <laughs> Liam, this is one of the few. I've got my recorder here, so I'm, this is one of the few televised events that you have yet to win. Does it? Does it? Uh, does it stick in? you that you know this is one you've got a title you've got to take that's why i'm here <laughs> i'm here to win it i'm going to beat the shit out of these young fellas <laughs> have you played with the net before the net overstart just once <laughs> just once to, uh, and she she's number loved one me yeah yeah she's very high up in the list <laughs> revenge is on the cards yes <laughs> then i went outside and found barney boatman just arriving. As you know, I love, you know, Barney I've known for years. This is going to be a great heat. I'm sorry. This is going to be an awesome heat. And um, Barney made the Poker Million final table just recently. That's going to be played out in November. That's a million-dollar first prize. He's pretty pumped up for that. And uh, here he was coming into this uh, World Open format. Barney Bowman, I have not talked to you since you became a Poker Million finalist. The smile is still on your face. Give me a quote for the radio here. Oh, well, you're on the radio. Well, you are now, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's the one thing I've done this year, so I might as well smile about it until somebody else turns up. Yeah. Well, it was great. It was a great day, actually. And, and the good thing is this is the exact same format. It is, and I can tell you something right now. Nobody under 50 stands a chance today. <laughs> Isn't that right, Liam? That's correct, Barney. Liam Flood has forgotten more about poker than Luke Schwartz ever knew. Unfortunately, he's also forgotten where he lives. So, Actually, uh... <laughs> I, asked, I asked one of there's a young kid in the heat, a young kid in the heat, a young British kid, and I said to him, uh, who's, who do you think the most aggressive person in the heat is going to be between, you know, Annette, Oberstadt, Luke Schwartz, and Viffer Pete? And he said, isn't Liam Flood in the heat? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go for Liam. <laughs> there you go. And uh, I mean, there's this kid here. Okay, yeah, one <laughs> Nobody under 50 stands a chance today. That's right. Yeah. Apart from me. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be entertaining, that's for sure. Okay. Four bet shove comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean. Yeah. Um, you're looking very brown. You're obviously you obviously spent well, time by the pool. Well, I got knocked out early in Villamora. <laughs> <laughs> it is a great pool. I would say that. That's funny. I had Neil Channing on the phone yesterday, this morning, telling me how terrible a format it is. But well, he got knocked out first yesterday. So. Okay. 
It is. You well, like you like the you like the handed three hundred thousand. I would have thought they wouldn't have three people been knocked out. So that must have been a bit of a cold call of that. Yeah. But well, I mean, obviously, I've only played this format once, as you know. I was lucky enough to win it. So obviously, I'm a big advocate for this format. Well, I've always said that the one thing wrong with these one tables was you know it didn't give you the depth of chips to play a flop. Do the things that people we know people are capable of doing, you know, and uh, so you only got you know you only got the the, the, the blunt end of poker, but, but here you're getting the sharp end as well, so yeah. it's great. Now, now that you're in the Poker Million final, are you happier, or that it's a mil- million dollar winner take all kind of thing, or is it is it is it really kind of change things? I think it, it does change things, <coughs> poker wise as a spectacle. It probably changes it for the better because. Uh, you, you know, there's no point in sitting there trying to pass your way up the money. Right. You, you know, people are going to have to make moves, take chances, uh, you know, in order to get you know, that, that one big prize. You know, so um, you know, you ask me again in a few months whether <laughs> I personally like it. I think you know, I think it's a good thing. It'd be a better thing if there was more money in the final. But yeah. you know, given that that's not the case. I think this is probably the best way to do it. Yeah. There is a November 9 aspect to it, isn't it? Where you go home every night before you go to sleep, you kind of think, you know, hey, I've only got to beat seven other guys to be a millionaire. Listen, I'm not that sad, all right? There are other things going on in my life. But, yeah, you know, it does, you know, every time I, I, I lose a pot or whatever, I think, oh, well, I've still got a shot to get out of it. It's still the mill, you know, so, yeah, it does kind of keep a little spring in the step, it's true. I'm the best now, and I smash it now. I've proved it already across European side, across American side. If you don't wind me up anymore, I'm sending everyone broke, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, this is Sinisa. I'm with the Royal Flush Girls. You're listening to The Poker Show with Jesse May and Party Poker. But the real highlight of the show was going to be watching John Duthie play and also watching John Duthie play sitting next to Praz Banzi and James Aitken. It was their first time doing commentary. They were a little nervous, but of course they shouldn't have been because, be because you know, when guys are so smart about poker and really think and talk about what's going on in poker today, how it's changing, people want to hear them. I did. And uh, they're funny, James and Praz. They've known each other for years. Uh, you know, they were, they were two guys trying to make it. Uh, as poker players, and it was a struggle. I remember seeing them, uh, you know, not in the beginning, but they used to run around the circuit together and, um, you know, play these little comps and try and make some scores and keep a bankroll together, along with, you know, Carl Marinholtz, Sonny Chatter. Now they're all pretty big. They've they've hit it. Um, But what I've done here, and, 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 and obviously the other highlight was getting to watch John Duffy, who is... And it wasn't just me. Praz and, and James were the same way. Uh, I think especially Praz, because him and and uh, James are kind of teasing each other. And they made a prop bet, which was fun. <clears throat> uh, last longer bet between John Ames and, and John Duthie. Now, Ames was sitting on Duthie's left at this eight-handed table. And Duthie's completely mad, completely above the rim. He showed a flood, a, you know, a bluff where... John's floated twice and shoved all in on the river, and it was insane, and he's done the same to Barney. So you'll get to hear a little bit of this this commentary, and the whole thing builds up 
between a confrontation between Duthie and Ames. Basically, Duthie, when this game gets shorthanded, is starting to raise like a madman. <clears throat> He's doing it all the time. And Ames, who's played great, this young British internet kid, every once in a while, comes over the top of Duthie with the three bet. And you just know, sooner or later, it's going to get stuck. But listen a little to this. There's a couple parts here. Uh, I haven't played it straight. I've I've cut in, I've cut out, and... You know, this is just some of the stuff that Praz and uh, James were saying about while watching this table uh, live with uh, with John Duthie, John Ames, Liam Flood was in the one seat, Duthie was in the two seat, Ames was in the three seat, Mahmood, who's a cash game player from London, he was in the four seat, Viffer was at the table in the seven seat. Barney Boatman was in the eighth seat. Have I left anybody out? Annette was in the sixth seat briefly. And uh, that was about it. It was a lot of fun. Here we go. Duffy's lipped here. He's, I mean, everybody just saw him lip with the aces. He knows it. Yeah. He's, I think he's thinking to himself, like, uh, no one will suspect Ooh. that I'm going to lip with another big hand. Uh, these are the two chip leaders. Could could we get stacked off here? Well, I think this could be uh, a really big pot. And does Duffy want to try and get all the chips in first or second, or does it matter? Wow. I've seen, I've seen John Duffy do this a few times, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, with, when he's uh, got big chips against another chip leader and he's got ace-king off-suit. I've seen him do this before where he just decides... He's not going to commit his stack pre-flop, and he's going to want to try and disguise his hand and see a flop, and then, and hopefully try and make the other guy make a mistake against him. You like the you like his idea. Here. I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad when they're both as deep as they are. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, 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 a, it's a different it's a completely different way to play poker, I guess, in this, this kind of situation. You would never see any of the young internet guys playing the hand like this. Um, they just yeah. wouldn't want to leave those ships behind, like they would definitely they definitely be limping, limping racing. That's the end of the story. There's, there's no other way they play the hand. It's not bad to limp race and put the pressure on a hand like Jack's, right? Yeah, I don't, I, I already have a limp race king, so I've, yeah, so it's tough. To, it's, <laughs> tough to, it's tough to figure out what to do afterwards. Um, once I've limped, I'm definitely going to be race by me. And if you raise, then you're just going to go with it, right? Yeah, I'll probably race get it in. Depends how deep we are. I guess with their stacks. It's, in your guys' mind, how often is Barney actually sort of making a squeeze with no hand and now following through on the flop? I mean, is, does he have any range that doesn't that that's a lot lot worse than Ace King? Does he have any form here that could be worse hand than that? Um, well, it's Barney, isn't it? He's creative. He's creative. He could have he could have any two cards here. So he could. Uh, so he could have he could have a hand like King Queen. He could have a hand like a pair of fives. Is exactly why I'd be living racing rather than living calling. And and I think and Barney may have checked there saying that Duffy could actually have the aces, kings, or queens right now as well. Or yeah, he could after, be after the way he's played his hands previously, he has to. Like I said, he's also seen that that John Duffy is capable of floating uh, a lot of boards, so he could be looking at. Um, well, he could have been looking to check raises the turn, but he's probably hating this river card. Bad beat for Barney, or did he need to? Did he need to go with that, with the jacks and call a shove? I mean, whew. it's kind, it's kind of unlucky in a way. Um, he he's got he's thinking on the turn that he's probably winning a lot of the time. He's happy to, to let John Duffy try and bluff at the pot. Um, 
or value that worse. Not really possible for Barney to fold here, or, or for, could you? To, to fold? Yeah. Uh, well, the flush is completed. The, there's another card now. Stuffy. You, you have two jacks in your hand, so it's not only a straight draw. You also have to think, though, that John Duffy's already shown down one big bluff. Um, is he likely to be bluffing in this spot again after showing, after turning over uh, a huge bluff against Liam Flood earlier? Is he likely to be doing that again? It's uh, it's really tricky. It's not straightforward. Um, it's not a straightforward call or fold. I'm I'm gonna fold. You're gonna fold. Biggest factor what? That he's got a playable stack. Uh, if he just swallows or just something else. Just dynamics. Oh, no. Yeah, the whole dynamics in the hand is it's just it's very unlikely. John Duffy's got a. Wow, cool. So this is where showing down that big bluff against Liam Flood earlier has, uh, has got him has got him paid on the river here. I think that's a big part of the situation because it's a, it's a big call. One hundred twenty thousand is a is a big amount to call on the river. And Barney feels pretty hard done right now because it was. I mean, he can, you know he feels pretty hard done here. I don't think um, John Duffy's played the hand bad after the flop at all. I don't, I don't think calling one bet on the flop is so bad when his hand's uh, underrepresented. And also the fact that Barney could have um, any range of hands. Uh, yeah, I don't mind uh, John's play, and I think Barney should definitely fall the river. Because after, after uh, John calling the flop, you know. Unless he's got complete air, which is it's always bad to float on drawing boards. Right. And I just don't think John Duffy's going to uh, make a huge bluff on the river again um, after doing what he's done previously. It's an amazing hand. I also kind of think, I mean, when you watch Duffy, you see, like, he got that free card on the turn that very other few people would have got. They wouldn't have gotten that free card on the turn from Barney because, uh, you know what I mean, they can't have kings or aces or something. Yeah. I don't know. If John Duffy... Bet that turn. I think uh, I think Barney would have had to check raise all in. I think I think Barney was quite confident he had the best hand on the turn. The hand plays completely different, doesn't it? If, if John bets that turn. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think we see a river card. Duffy's got his chirping chips. <laughs> chatting away. If you were John Ames right now, who, who would you be most worried about getting in a pot with? Is it just simply John Duffy because he's the chip leader, or? And he's the most trickiest player to play against. Yeah. Uh, the, great, the great thing about um, John Ames' seat is that he's on his immediate left. So, like, this is a great spot for him. Liam, Duffy, Fold. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, Ames is a great spot. Very good spot. Hi, it's Melanie Iglesias from the Royal Flush Girls. You're listening to The Poker Show with Party Poker. Winning at poker isn't getting easier, so take your game to the next level with exclusive chapters from Dusty Schmidt's groundbreaking book, Treat Your Poker Like a Business. Dusty Schmidt played in Party Poker's big game back in February. He's the ultimate grinder with a mind-blowing win rate. He's won over $3 million in cash games, and he's never had a losing month. 
Now, Dusty's new book, Treat Your Poker Like a Business, shows you how to get serious about your poker and turn your hobby into a profitable enterprise. You can download exclusive chapters now by entering your email address at thepokershowlive.com. Then it got really hot. And uh, so this was the big hand. And this was, to me, was one of the greatest hands I've ever seen. And I'll just, you can hear this, but I'll just, ex- in case you don't get it, I'll just explain the hand to you very quickly. Duffy has raised from the button, like he always does. Him and Ames are two massive chip leaders. Ames re-raises from the small blind with the ace nine. Duffy's got five, six off suit. He calls the re-raise on the, on the, before the flop. The flop comes six, seven, eight. Two clubs. Duffy's got five of clubs, six of spades. Ames got, I think, uh, ace of spades and a nine. And uh, there's about 180 in the pot. It was blinds were seven and 15. Duffy had made it 35 uh, pre flop, and Ames had re raised to about, I think it was about 80. Duffy called. Ames now checks the flop. Duffy moves all in for effectively 500. <laughs> Ames calls uh, the flop, the turn uh, and river uh, brick off, and Duffy's two sixes hold, and he becomes massive chip leader and uh, obviously goes on to win. It was a key, key hand, and uh, sort of here's uh, Praz and James uh, talking about it. You know, Ames, who had a great seat for a long time, being able to stand at John Duffy's way, all of a sudden it looks like it's not great because Duffy's going to just, like, raise every pot. And yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. Yeah? If, you, if you've got a hand or a situation you don't want to play, you can just pass for free. Uh, but Duffy takes all his steel situations away. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, <clears throat> he's going to, you know, in, in, after a while, he's going to pick up something that wants to play. And he's going to be in position against aggressive player. Right? I think he's basement enough to, uh, to wait for the spot and win some chips off him. Um, you are right, just what you're saying is that it gives, takes away some of his opportunities to um, steal, as you might say, blinds pre flop. I wonder if John, if, uh, John Eames is thinking that if he um, if he does actually three bet him with a genuine hand, whether John Duffy will just think that he's doing that because he's been in every pot and then try and make a remove, at which point uh, John Eames is going to have the he's going to have the hand to play back at play back at against him. Yeah, I think that's how it's going to be. I think John Eames is going to wait for John Duffy uh, and try and find a hand against him and not get f- not get too frustrated uh, with with John Duffy opening most of the pots. Yeah, but are, are you saying that John Eames should actually wait for a hand that not only when he three bets for the first time should actually be a hand that's prepared to call a, a, a re-raise from Duffy? A, what is it, a four bet? Is that Does he have to... You know what I'm saying? Can no, he I just think, that and then fold. I just think that's the strategy he's looking uh, like he's going to take. Um, I don't know whether that's hundred uh, percent right because you know John Duffy's not a he's not a mug. He knows exactly what people are thinking uh, about his play and, and what they play, what, what sort of hands they're playing. Now that's, that's actually the situation that's great for John Eames. You know, he's a young internet guy, and for those young internet guys, another gun is the button. So. <laughs> It's just kind of like, wouldn't it be better for Ames to be raising Duffy with like, with like the six seven offsuit and the ace king, yeah. and then leaving out the ace nine and the ace eight altogether? Yeah, I think he still he can still um, three bet 
uh, John Duffy in position um, a couple of times and not have to worry about committing too many chips. And this is kind of what we were talking about before. Uh, Ames has decided to finally come over the top of Duffy, but this is this is the kind of hand where if Duffy gets really aggressive. Oh, wow. Duffy's going to pick up the pace. Wow. I mean, if you got to have a lot of bottle of your aims if you want to do this a third time, really. Because you're half expecting, you know Duffy's going to come over the top of you again at some point, right? Do you maybe call him because of that? Um, you know what I mean? You feel uh, like you can't fold to a four bet, but it's too strong to fold to a four bet, but you can't. I'm probably just going to raise again. You're going to raise again and fold yeah. to a four bet. Yep. Make him do it. Yep. You too, Brad? Um, yeah, I think I'm actually going to fold uh, in this spot against. Duffy. Um, fold to the four bet or fold to the small blind? Fold the small blind. Wow. You think? Um, only because you may as well have a hand like 6 3 offsuit right. if you've got ace 9 offsuit. Um, so you're not really playing the uh, not really playing the strength of your hand. Well, no, um, no. And if, and John Duffy's the kind of guy who's going to make a lot of plays against you pre flop and, and after the flop. Um, Ames, this is the worst he is feeling. The worst he's felt all night, right? Yeah, he's not. Uh, he's not enjoying this. Wow, I see some action here for sure. <laughs> he looks pretty tense, actually. This is not how he wanted it to go. This is always how it goes. He's actually hit not such a bad flop for uh, for his hand. He's, he's probably looking to try and check raise. Raise all in, yeah. I was going to say that. That's not a bad idea either, is it? Duffy may um, check back this flop, um, or he may just decide to go all in. I don't think he's going to be bet folding this flop. He can't just shove. Well, this uh, no, I don't think he can shove. But um, Duffy cannot shove. Well, he's, no, he's, he's got seven hundred thousand chips. He's got too many chips, but internet. There's these internet players that would do it, wouldn't they? He's sick enough to just put in a. A big pile there because there's nearly two hundred thousand in the middle. Yeah, there you go. He's ready to, he's ready to put it in. Oh, he's gone all in. Yeah, uh, he's put five hundred into two hundred. And now he's now he's, <laughs> he says, "I know you were check raising me." <laughs> His instincts are really sharp. He kind of knows when uh, when he's about to get check raised, and he just puts the pressure on them straight away. And, and it's put John Eames in a really tough spot as well because he's having to now call off with uh, with essentially ace high and a straight draw. You would have been in that same spot, James. You think? Yeah. Obviously, that right where he is now. <laughs> this is why. Uh, this is why I was thinking only because you're up against John Duffy. Uh, I was thinking that maybe I would have thrown the ace nine away pre-flop. Um, because now you get you can just get caught up. You just get caught up into uh, a tough situation after the flop against uh, against someone like John. I do think he's kind of unlucky to, to run in a, to run against uh, run up against someone like John Duffy in this spot though because uh, 
three bet an ace nine from the small blind is never it's never bad when you think you've got the best hand, but it just happens to. Uh, just like the dynamics of it. I mean, you saw what John's called him with there pre-flop. He's called? Wow. Wow! He, put, he might put John on a flush draw. Yeah. He may, <sighs> yeah. he may have felt his ace size good, right? Yeah. He definitely called, didn't call just because there's nine outs. Well, this is a pot right now basically for the heat. John Ames was a, was a kind of a brave call there. Yeah. John Duffy just said to him that was an interesting call. I think he's... Uh, he's giving him a bit of a needle, as if to say, um... Yeah. Duffy's not really happy about this. No, he's not loving it. He is ahead. What is it? The the ten, the five. the ace, the five? Ten, ace, five. This seals our bet, James. Uh, two sixes, hold up. John Ames walking out in fourth. And... What a pot! And this kid... This young guy, he has played a fantastic heat. Yeah, he's played really well. He's shown a lot of heart as well to to make that call for for his stack on the on the flop. He's he's gone with what he's gone with how he felt. He felt John Duffy was weak. He thought he may have been winning, and he's decided to go ahead and put all his chips in. He played. I think he played really well overall, and he's uh, it's been a bit unlucky to finish fourth. But that last hand, he'll think about that for a long time. And that's the kind of hand you really need to think about it because those situations come up a lot in torts. It's a really interesting situation, right? Yeah, it really is. And he's going to be speaking to all his friends about this uh, probably tonight and uh, for the next couple of days. He's going to run through the hand. They're going to be discussing it and uh, giving their differing, differing opinions on it. But I don't think anyone's going to say to him that he did anything too bad in the hand from start to finish. Because the dynamics were so important, really. Yeah. When you tell it. I just think, I just think, um, free betting John Duffy from the small blind, uh, is always going to put you in a tricky spot. Um, and then, so, so, when you do get in those situations, it's never bad to just, uh, go with how you feel and, and just, and not, not shy away from the situation too much. I think he's, he's a bit unlucky that, uh, Duffy did flop a pair as well as a straight draw. I think about the past... So. <laughs> on the flop. On the flop. Check check fold. Yeah. I mean, your plan is to check raise all in because you want a bit of forward equity with the hand you have, and it's just uh, denied you all that forward equity. All you have to do now is call off for a ridiculously oversized pot bet. Um, Duffy's saying now that that was a really brave call. I think what he he's actually when he says brave call, I think he actually thinks that it wasn't a great call. Um, the ace of clubs on your hand so that means John Duffy might have the ace of clubs if John Duffy did have a flush draw and if John Duffy shows him ace ten of clubs or ace jack of clubs or ace queen of clubs it's a really bad trade and even if he shows him king queen of clubs it's not a massive favourite do you think he was just better off um, bet calling no is that better so you're, looking, you're thinking check raise all in or check fold to an all in I think John Duffy's kind of guy that's going to shove there if he hits any pair or any flush draw so it's a similar situation I think even with the hand he had he might shove over the top Well, look at the leaderboard now, and Duffy, 1.5 million with three left. That, that was an amazing hand from where I'm sitting. I, I think because sitting there with you guys, you guys both knew. I mean, you could kind of feel that something was going to happen that Yeah, I really thought that um, John Duffy was going to go all in on that flop. I thought he would have taken the check as some sort of weakness. He also maybe felt he was going to get check raised all in, and he's hit the kind of flop he's hoping to hit with that hand when he calls a three bet. 
I really thought he was going to give him the. I thought he was going to give him the pile, which he did. I need time to learn that move. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's Dragon here. You're listening to the Party Poker Show with Jesse May and Party Poker. Hi, this is Jennifer Haley. Please enter your email address at www.thepokershowlive.com and get the show delivered twice a week. Well, John, you're on a roll in this format. I'm going to turn number for um, Thank you. I was glad we were heads up. Mahmoud played pretty fantastic for, I mean, his, what, yeah, it was very short the whole time. I mean, it's incredible uh, you managed to get to play. Can I just ask you about that hand with uh, Liam Flood? I don't know. I, it'll come out later. It was weeks. It, it was quite an amazing hand. I mean, Prez and James were talking about it. It was. It, what, what, what tipped you off that you were going to make a play on Liam Flood? And then well, the I ace don't queen. Know. When, when you, uh, I don't. you had an ace queen. Yeah, I did an ace and, uh, queen. And the came. flop came jack six three three three, and then it came up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the thing is. He, he checked. He checked. He calls the pre-flop raise from the, the yeah. kid on my left. All right. So it's three, it's three-handed on the flop, and it comes jack high. He checks. I, I bet, and then he check raise. He check raise. Right. But I just John think, Duffy, the champion. John I think, Duffy. I think I can. Um, you know, a party poker million. No, the poker million. And, mm. and it, it's always, the, it's always the quickest heats when John wins. Yeah. <laughs> they don't take long. He's checking. He plays off the hands. He's smoking the wrist. I, I just fancied. I fancied that he wasn't that. I didn't. I don't know. I just didn't get a read on him as being that strong. I thought maybe he could have pocket. He might have pocket tens. He, he obviously didn't have ace jack. I mean, that's it. I mean, and at best he's got pocket queens. But I don't think he's. I don't think he's got queens or kings or aces because he's he's going to re-raise pre-flop. Do you know what I mean? With, with with any of those hands. So I'm thinking he's maybe got tens or he might have ace king. You know, he, he could have me completely dominated. But I think I can probably represent a lot of hands. Like I can represent ace jack. I can represent. I can represent queens as well, you know. So I saw, and also I can represent the straight when the straightening card came. I could easily have four or five suited. So the uh, it took a long time to pass, though. You you made a massive bet on the river. It was most of your stack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get a little worried there, or were you kind of confident Uh, he was going to fold? I just felt I don't know what it was. I just felt from him that he was he he wasn't. If I bet big when the jack came on the river, that he couldn't call. I just didn't think he could call, and as it turned out, I was right. You know, because he's got to put me on a, he's got to put me on a big, you know, either a big overpair or ace jack or the or the made straight, and I'm just slow playing the, the made straight on the turn. So, I, I think there's a lot. You know, I would have preferred it had a, had another spade come on the river as well to give me even more hands to represent. <laughs> you know, and so uh, that was really it. You enjoy playing with Viffer because I love playing. I, I asked about asked Viffer about you, and he. he said, you know, he, he still thinks about when you, he says you comatosed him in Las Vegas when you called him with Jack High. It was all over no, the queen internet. Eye. No, I queen called queen him with Queen Eye. It was like oh, a $60,000 so cash game. <laughs> yeah. cash game, $60,000 pot. Right. And I called him with uh, Queen High. Yeah. With one card to come yeah. on an ace-ace <laughs> deuce to his board. And I just knew he was at it. Uh, I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything. And he, he, I said Queen High, he said Jack High. You know. And he literally, he literally went for a walk for about two hours. Yeah, that's what he, he said. He rang Tom Dwan up, got, said, you've got to come down here. Tom played over over him for about some two hours and, and ironed me out. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit of fun. All right, good luck in the final, Joe. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks.
Wasn't that great with President James? I, I just, you know, I think, and we'll talk about that hand. People, I think people are going to talk about that hand. It was fascinating. How should it have been played? Uh, one of the incredible things, of course, Praz actually would have folded preflop. Can you fold an ace nine uh, four-handed? Can you? When the when the, when it's the button raiser and the button raiser is John Duthie, uh, you got to see this John Duthie really in action. I think a lot of people don't appreciate him. He's a uh, very, very interesting player. I love him. I think the guy's great. And he's got the final table. Next time, listen, that's all we got time for. Next time we'll be talking about that World Open final table. Uh, I'll interview with Phil Locke, look at Sorel Mitzi. I, it, it, it's just so busy down there. There's so many big names in town that it's a whole lot of fun. And then we've got the World Series of Poker Europe to look forward to as well. So uh, things are happening. And uh, stay tuned. We'll see you next time.